Hi, this is Joe Bunazar, and, and with Impact Basketball, we're really excited to partner with Coaching You Live and Coach uh, Brendan Fair and Kevin Eastman with our certification program. We've put together an online program for player development, uh, over 17 hours of video that we feel will really change the way players are developed and, and be very, very helpful to coaches, trainers, parents all over the world. So really excited to partner with Coaching You Live. Uh, we've, we've put a special deal together with Coaching You Live to provide a discount code of Coaching You Live entered in our promo code, all lowercase, Coaching You Live at our website, impactbball.com, impactbball.com. If you click on Get Certified, and you can go right to the page to get signed up, enter that Coaching You Live code, and you will receive the discount. But really excited. It's a great program. I think that it's going to change the way players are developed. That's been our mission since we started uh, training players 18 years ago, and it continues to be our mission. Welcome to another podcast of Coaching You with the coach, Brendan Sir, and one of my favorite, favorite people that we have as a partner in our venture at Coaching You, Kevin Eastman. Have and Alex Gervasio, we we found uh, a young man through one of our other partners, George Raveling, uh, a couple of years ago at one of our coaching youth sessions, and we were absolutely enthralled with this young man at the time. Now he's a KG Wiry veteran, uh, Vasuka Carney. Thank you, my friend, for joining us today. Dude, coach, I'm I'm still young. I'm, I'm <laughs> I, well, you were really young then. You know, you were really young. And the thing that really grabbed me that time was when we first met was uh, when you told me about how you know you your relationship and share with our listeners uh, your relationship with Coach Rav. I think that was priceless. Oh, well, you know, the interesting, I, I've been talking about Coach Rao quite a bit since he's uh, he's about to get into the Hall of Fame this year, and I'm I'm really excited to go down there to Springfield. I've only been there for one other person's induction, and that was uh, Michael Jordan's, and so my second one's going to be Coach Raveling, much deserved. And, uh, you know, I, Rav, Coach Rav is not a household name. You know, unless you're right. a hardcore basketball guy, you don't know who he is, and so – I, having grown up in India, I had no idea who Coach Raveling was, never heard the name, never seen his face, nothing. And when I landed here uh, in the U.S. For, for college, one of the first things I did that year was I was playing at Michael Jordan's summer camp out in Santa Barbara as a high school senior, and Coach Rav was running the camp at the time. And, you know, I literally didn't know a soul here. I just – I knew Michael Jordan, obviously, and I wanted to go see Michael Jordan play at the camp. So I get there, and one of the things that I was doing at the time was I was running another business or helping run another business. Uh, I can't even remember what it's called now. But basically we were taking uh, oil – we were taking digital pictures from people, and we would convert them into oil paintings. So a picture of – you know, you and the bad boys from back in the day, we would have taken that digital picture. You would have uploaded it to us. We would have had an artist replicate that picture on any size canvas, oil paint, by hand, and then we would ship that out to you. So it was almost like you had commissioned a painting, but it was going to cost you a fraction of what it would have actually costed you if you had to hire an actual painter here. And so that was our business. And so in preparation for this camp with MJ, I had gotten the artist to replicate the free throw line dunk um, on a 24 by 36 large canvas painting, and I had brought that with me. And so you know, the morning of the last day of camp, there's a line of 600 kids 
one by one. It's, a, it's an assembly line. You just walk by Michael. He signs uh, your, your whatever you brought, your jersey, your, your book, your card, your shoes. And here I am with this unbelievable oil painting. And so my, I put it down in front of Michael, and he, he autographs it. And he kind of looks up at me with this quizzical look like, you know, I haven't seen anything like this before. But he doesn't say anything to me. And, uh, and Coach Rav's sitting right next to him, and, and Coach Rav grabs me, and he goes, where the heck did you get this thing? And I go, well, you know, I sell them. And he says, well, you know, come back, come back to my office right now. I want to get one of these things. <laughs> and, uh, and he writes me a check for $500. He gives me his card, and he says, ship this to Beaverton. And I have no idea who this man is. And I look and it says, you know, Nike basketball global director. I'm like, I'm like, Jesus, this is, this is the guy to know. And, uh, and, and then, you know, four years go by. I mean, I didn't stay in touch with him. I shipped him this painting, never heard from the man ever again until we re, until I came to coaching you yep. the year after I graduated from Penn. I had just started crossover and I come to coaching you and, and I see Coach Rav there and I'm like, hey, I know that guy. So I go up to him and I say, hey, coach, you remember me? And he goes, yeah, the painting's still hanging in my living room. <laughs> how, so, how uh, unbelievable guy. Well, you know, you you uh, you impressed me from the first time when we did a podcast a couple of years ago. At the time, I was trying to think back to, and I'm not going to share the numbers. You may if you'd like, but the numbers of where you were as a company. And then since that event, since we started up a couple of years ago, and all the things that you have done. Uh, also, uh, I know this for a fact that, you know, Coach Rav is now one of your mentors and, you know, as he is to me and to Kevin Eastman and to Doc Rivers and to Calipari and so many others. Uh, so you have gotten these people uh, to kind of help you grow. Uh, share with me and my listeners, <laughs> please, the the impact of what you've done uh, with crossover. First, the concept of what it was, Rasu, and then what has happened to it. Well, I can't even remember the the last time when when we sat down and where we were, but I'm going to go uh, ahead well, and assume yeah. we we're nowhere close to where we are right now. Um, oh no, it was. It, I wanted <laughs> to say uh, I'm going to give you a, a ballpark. I think we were at. <laughs> I want to say. 600 schools, possibly, maybe. Got it. Okay. okay. Well, ballpark. That, yeah. <laughs> so, so 600 was a, was a long time ago then. And, yeah, yeah I mean, when, when we started the whole thing, it was very simple. There were, there were two real reasons I started this company. The first was I applied to Nike. I applied to Adidas. I applied to the NBA. I applied everywhere possible to try to get a job after college in sports and, and pre preferably basketball. I just wanted to be a part of something in basketball, and no one responded to uh, to any of my job inquiries. And so the, the first reason I started this company was, you know, I wasn't good enough to go pro, and no one was returning any of my phone calls, so I had to do something myself to stay in the sport. And the second reason was, you know, I'm a computer guy, I'm a data guy, and I knew the entire time that I was graduating from school and learning about what was going on in the world of data in in the business world, I knew that there was an application of this in sports and that it was just too early. People didn't see it yet in 2008, 2009. Baseball had done it, but basketball really wasn't there, and none of the other sports were really there yet. And so it was really those two reasons why I decided to start this thing. 
And having seen what my coaches at Penn did, as a, you know, I was a walk-on, played JV basketball at Penn, and seeing what my coaches did in preparation for game day, and them, you know, Penn is the, the 10th winningest program in, in Division One history, and we don't have a video coordinator. The, the head coach and the assistant coaches sit there themselves after every game, and they cut up the film, and they're watching it. And I, I saw them doing this, and I said, this is ridiculous. I mean, there just has to be a better way than what you guys are doing manually. So all of those factors are sort of what led to the genesis of crossover. And we just wanted to, to save coaches a ton of time and help them win games. That, that's really the, the motto of the company, and our hashtag on Twitter is hashtag more wins. That's really what we want to do is we want to help teams win more games. And I think we've been able to do that. And when we started, we were 45 teams that first season in, in 2010, 2011. And we probably spoke, you know, a year and a half, two years after that if we were at 600. And now we're closing in on 6,000. So it's been, it's been pretty good growth over the last couple of years. <laughs> and, and, you know, we're not really slowing down. I mean, the, the goal by the end of this year is, is to try to get to close to 10,000 teams. And I, I think we're going to be able to get there. The thing that excites me about it, uh, having used back when technology was non-existent, uh, being with the bad boys, as you refer to, and uh, when we were playing the Bulls, in uh, the first time championship won uh, Eastern Conference Finals. We uh, actually year two, I'm sorry, uh, and we have to play a seventh game, and we play on a Friday night there. Our plane has problems. We get in at four in the morning, and Brendan Malone, the other assistant, and I go back to the palace. We're there till eight o'clock in the morning, working all night on a half-inch VHS. <laughs> and we come in the next day at 4 o'clock for our meeting with the players, and we're playing Game 7 at home, and we have one copy of a VHS that we've worked on with our video fella, who is actually the TV producer of the Piston Games on television. <laughs> and oh, my God. I, hit, I, I showed Chuck this 10-minute uh, low-light tape because we got our ass kicked, and right. I said, well, here it is, Chuck. And he walks into the meeting room with Isaiah and those guys, and he says, hey, listen, we got game seven at home. Uh, you know, I got an edit from uh, our game where we lost by 25 on Friday night. He says, we don't need this. He throws it against the wall. You know, <laughs> the thing breaks in half, and he says, screw the Bulls. We got game seven at home. We're going to kill them. All right. Oh, and, and the guys run out. We beat the daylights out of them uh, the next day. But Malone and I are sitting there, and there is our work from all night right. on the floor <laughs> in pieces. I still have the broken VHS, uh, unusable. Wow. And and here we are, world champions, and that's what we had to do back then. What your technology has done, which excites me as a coach, and especially for the coaches that are at the programs that can't afford this $150,000 equipment and all this great stuff, yep. man, or a staff to do it, you've enabled them to affect winning. And that, that excites the daylights out of me. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think I think the the first part of what we were doing was really to democratize the video and stats work that you guys at the NBA had and the the Caliparis and the Coach K's of the world have because they've got 
you know, quote unquote, an un, an unlimited budget. But your average high school team, your D3 coach, your D2 coach, even even the guys at Penn, and and that's a D1 school, but it's an Ivy League. We don't have the the, the resources, both human or or monetary, uh, to be able to do the same things. And so the first part of what we always wanted to do was democratize this stuff. And I, I feel I feel very happy that we've been able to do that. And the second part that we've started to do now is we've been able to affect change in terms of recruiting. So there are tons of kids now that are getting looks at, you know, not your top 200, 300 kids. Those kids are, are, are always going to find a spot to play. But that kid that's somewhere in an unknown school that has a chance to play Division three ball but doesn't quite know how to get noticed – I think that technology and what we're doing is going to help that kid. Sure, he might not get a scholarship, but he might get a spot on a division at a Division three school and go on to, to have a four-year basketball career because his game was broken down. A college coach somewhere was able to quickly view his film. I mean, you got to understand if 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 you're an unknown player and you're dumping 10 DVDs on a coach's desk, the chances of him actually going through your film and watching 10 hours of footage to see if you're a kid that he wants to, uh, to offer a spot to, is slim to none. But if your video is isolated to just you and a coach can watch everything you did in a game in 15 minutes and go, you know what, this kid actually looks like he's got some game, let's follow up, there's a chance that uh, that he might get a spot. So that's great. And then the – the last piece of what we've been working on, you know, we just signed three NBA teams this year for the first time, and we're actually helping them prepare for the draft. And the reason what we're doing uh, is actually useful to NBA teams now is because a lot of these kids, they're one and done now. The draft is full of one and dones, and they've only played one year of college ball, which means the amount of data and the amount of video that an NBA team has to, to make a draft decision, and you're talking the number one, number two, number three picks in the draft, are very little. You, you have one season of college ball to go on, but we have information on these kids dating back to potentially their sophomore year of high school, given how long we've been around and moving forward. We'll have data on them potentially from the time they were in middle school and high school, working their way up through AAU, we have all of that information, and so now for a for an NBA scout to be able to sit there and get a far more holistic view of an athlete, see how he's developed from the time he was 16 to 19, one year removed from college, and then to be able to have all that in the war room when they're making a draft decision is uh, is a big is a big boost from where they were. So we're we're really excited that you know for the first time we actually started working with NBA teams this season. And hopefully, as we move forward, we'll be able to work with a lot more of them. Hey, tell, tell me now, we've also broken into other sports, which is a natural uh, thing. Uh, lacrosse, one of my favorite sports. And, you know, and obviously soccer could be another one. You know, tell me how you, you're, you're going into those platforms. I didn't, I didn't peg you as a lacrosse guy. but uh... oh, I, I always have. Growing <laughs> up in Jersey, I played it in high school. Yep. Love oh, lacrosse. Huh. Love it. Yep. Well, you know, lacrosse is the fastest growing sport in North America. It's really unbelievable. Um, a lot of, with all the football injuries and everything, all the concussion discussions that are going on out there, lacrosse has quickly become that almost quote unquote contact sport of choice for parents and kids now mm. because you're still getting, you know, you're still you're still roughing people up. You're still hitting them with sticks. 
you're running on an open field, but it's uh, there's a lot less chance of getting a concussion playing lacrosse. So yeah. we've seen tremendous growth in the sport. Um, it's our second biggest sport now after basketball. And, again, given that we're in the Northeast, it's, it's been a hotbed for us just in our own backyard. So that's definitely helped. But even in, in places like Texas where it's football country, um, you're starting to see uh, high school teams with – with, with with a lot of, uh, of of lacrosse going on around them, high school teams, travel teams, and then we're also seeing seven on seven football now. So, uh, in in order to to mitigate the injury factor, a lot of these teams are starting to play seven on seven flag football as a means to avoid getting hit in the head. And so that's another place where we're making a lot of inroads. Um, and so football, we just launched volleyball, we just launched lacrosse. We've had for two years. And basketball, of course, we've had for, for four years now. And moving into next year, there's been a, a lot of people asking for hockey and soccer. And so those are most likely our two next sports that we're going to be going after uh, in, in the coming year. Yeah, volley, volleyball is a natural, it's such a huge sport, especially in Florida. Uh, women's volleyball is just off the charts, and it, it's a great game. But lacrosse, uh, also down Florida, tremendous growth in our, our women's high school, college. You know, we have you know terrific teams down here, and I just love the game and uh, obviously watched the national championships last week. So I'm, I'm into that well, stuff. And, and, and we had – <laughs> well, we had two national champions last last week, and we had Limestone in D2, and we had Denver in D1. Both of them are uh, are big crossover users and advocates, and they both won national championships. So, I mean, listen, the, the data doesn't lie. No, it doesn't. It never does. Tell me about, um, you know, uh, you know, you have uh, courtside ventures. Tell me, um, you know, because knowing you and and your pen background and stuff uh and, and just knowing you as an incredibly smart i'm not even going to use the word young man man uh <laughs> yeah talk to me about courtside ventures and what you're doing there yeah so Without i bring out your uh, tips <laughs> yeah yeah well you know obviously uh we we raised some money here at Crossover over the last couple of years to, to to be able to fuel the growth of the company. And so a lot of the investors that put money into Crossover uh, just started looking at me for whatever reason as uh, as one of their uh, as one of their sanity checks when they were making investments. So they would come to me and say, "Hey, you know, we've got this company we're looking at. What do you think? Should we make the investment?" You know, I. I, I in many ways, I believe that early stage investing is like throwing a dart at a wall. You just you don't know uh, the chances that you're going to find the next Instagram are slim to none. Um, but I think what I what I do think I'm pretty good at is is being able to call bullshit on things and say, listen, that's just a bad investment. Don't do it. And and so while I I don't think I've gotten anyone incredibly rich, I feel like I've kept a lot of people from making poor investment decisions. And so uh, over the course of doing that, just as, as, a, as, as a friend for a lot of, of my investors, you know, they started saying, hey, you know, you've been doing this for a while. You should think about just 
actually making investments and formalizing it. I said, great, you know, that, that sounds like fun. And so, um, you know, it's, it's just a it, it, crossover is still my, my main job, but uh, we have a fund on the side called Courtside Ventures, and it's an early stage uh, like. tech-focused investment company that invests in, in great entrepreneurs and disruptive technology, and we have a sports focus. It's not something that you see very often from uh, from a venture capitalist group is having a sports focus, but given my background, given the background of uh, the, the people who are backing the fund, we felt that uh, we would have a little bit at least of a sports focus to the fund where we can make calls to a lot of sports teams, pro sports teams, college sports teams with our with our contacts and be able to accelerate the growth of these companies through our contacts. So being able to call someone and say, hey, listen, can you take a meeting with this company? It looks like they've got a technology that could be useful to you. Just that that's what I found is one of the most important things in, in this world. It's not just in business. It's not just in sports, but sports more so than anything else. It's just such a relationship-driven business that, you know, it took me four or five years to get to know all of these people, um, and I had no background in this business whatsoever. I mean, I didn't even grow up in this country, so I didn't know any of these people. It's taken me this, this many years to get to know them. And so if I can reduce that cycle for a company that I invest in by being able to make a phone call to someone I know and getting them a meeting, I think it greatly improves the chances of success for these companies. And so, uh, you know, running, doing a venture fund just seemed like, the most natural offset offshoot of what I was already doing, um, and so hopefully we'll we'll make some good investments. We'll be able to help some great entrepreneurs, and you know, of course, we'd we'd all love to find the next Instagram or the next Facebook, but that's uh, you know, it's, it's a one in a million shot. You you hope you can do that, but in the meantime, you just hope you can fuel great businesses that even if they don't turn out to be hundred billion, two hundred billion dollar exits, at least they're building something of value. That will, at the end of the day, every business you're hoping will will change will change the way either mankind lives or does business or or does something. And as long as they're building something of value, we we hope we can back them. I love that philosophy, and uh, and you will you'll make a huge difference because a lot of great ideas, but the people don't know how to get to the folks that they need to. You have someone that I've uh, as an investor with crossover that I've known for, you know, 25 years plus uh, as when I was coaching the Pistons of a guy that was, you know, one of our big season ticket holders and supporters, uh, loved basketball way back then, uh, was a young entrepreneur back then, uh, and he's now dabbling a little bit in with his own sports team, the Cleveland Cavs, Dan Gilbert, who I think, you know, people think of Dan as Cleveland Dan, Cavs Dan, but uh, this is Detroit Dan. Uh, He had, I love Detroit. I, you know, I'm from Jersey, you know, went to the Pistons uh, in 89 with Chuck Daly and Isaiah and those guys. And, but my family, we lived there for 10 plus years. And it's the best place we've ever lived in our life. People like, you know, living in beautiful Windermere, Florida, now they go, Detroit's the best place you lived. Yes, it is. The people in Michigan, the people in Detroit, are the finest people I've ever been around. They are just genuine folks. And everyone I've met up there is the same way. Our family loved it. And so I was so saddened to see when they went through a tremendous economic downturn, 
of what happened, but I really am thrilled at what Dan and others, especially Dan, though, has done in revitalizing that city, uh, which I love. And uh, talk to me a little bit about how Crossover is going to go into Detroit. I think it's important. I really do. It's become well, a real Dan's, for kids, really, you know, young kids. It, it really has. It, it has. And Dan has just been an unbelievable person to get to know. You know I, I introduced myself to Dan two years ago at, at All-Star Weekend. I just walked right up to him and I said, you know, my name's Vasu and I run this company called Crossover. And he knew us because his son's high school in, uh, in Detroit actually used Crossover. And so Dan was actually a Crossover addict and he had been sitting there watching his son's games when he was traveling on Crossover. So it was it was a, a fortuitous uh, meeting, and Dan has been an unbelievable partner to me and to Crossover. And more importantly, you know, before I met Dan, I didn't really, you know, you heard about Detroit, but you know, what do you care? You're 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 some kid that grew up in India and now lives in in New York, the the greatest city in the world. You don't even think about Detroit, and you hear all these things in the news, and people make it seem like this awful place, and so you just don't care. And then when I met Dan, and I I actually took a trip to Detroit, and and Dan, I tell you, I mean, the, what you said about the people, I have never met a better group of people than the people that work at Quicken Loans and, and with Dan uh, in Detroit. And when you when you go up there to Detroit, he's got this guy named Bruce Schwartz, who's this little guy. He's like five foot two on a good day, I think, and he's our official. Uh, our official tour guide to the city of Detroit. So when, whenever we bring any guests down there, Bruce will take you on a walking tour of the entire city of Detroit, and he will show you all the buildings that Dan has now bought and is turning into something. So we've got we've got tech incubators there. We've got uh, we've got just a ton of startups. We've got Detroit Venture Partners that's investing money purely in. Uh, in the city of Detroit and, and surrounding Midwestern companies, so we're investing only in that. And, and it's all because of Dan's vision of trying yep. to bring Detroit back to being a great American city, and he's just done an unbelievable job. And so when, when he invested in Crossover, you know, one of the things that we agreed on was that we would try to bring uh, as many jobs as we could to the city of Detroit. And so just about immediately after that, we set up a small office in Detroit, and that number's been growing every year. You know, we started with, like, one person or two people, and every year we add a couple more people. And New York, New York is still headquarters. It's hard for us to take 70 people that we have here now and, and you know, move everyone to Detroit. That's not going to happen. But whatever we can do to help what's going on in Detroit, we will. And I have no doubt, having seen what Dan's done in just the last two or three years, that uh, he, he's going to you – know, his legacy will not be that he started Quicken Loans. It won't be that you know the Cavs won a championship this year with LeBron coming back. It will be that he restored a great American city. You are 100% right. Uh, he is one of the truly great people in our country. Uh, and uh, – you watch. Uh, Detroit will come back. It will be one of the great cities again, one of the top five, power five, so to speak, in our country. Uh, because we used to have a saying that when the automotive industry is good, the country is good. But he is now right. diversifying the city as not just a manufacturing city, but now a high-tech place. And uh, yep. I, I just am so proud and to say how much I love that city. But I'm thrilled for you and Crossover and Dan that you're there with him. And uh, 
I think one of the things, uh, Vasu, and, and what what I've seen in being with you for a few years and watching what you've done with Crossover is your vision. Uh, you, as all great leaders, have a vision of what they want. What do you see down the road for yourself, for Crossover, and for you know basketball in general? Because I, I know you live the game and breathe it every day. Yeah, if you you follow me on Twitter, you'll you'll probably find that out pretty quickly. I I can get uh, pretty emotional when it comes to when it comes to basketball. But you know, look, when I started this thing, uh, one of the first things I said was, it's it's not about making a billion dollars. Sure, I would love to. I'm not going to lie and say, you know, you're not running a company to to not make money. Of course, I'd like to make money, and of course, I'd like to be plenty rich. But at the end of the day, for me personally, it was all about basketball. It was always uh, the company was a means to stay connected to the game. But more than that, the, the company was a means for me, quite simply, to set my own hours so that I could spend two hours a day at the basketball court. And I didn't have a boss that I had to answer to. I can't do the nine-to-five thing because from from noon to two, I'm usually at the basketball court playing pickup. And that's what's more most important to me uh, more than anything else is is for me – to be able to do the things that I love every day, and that, quite simply, is, is being able to play ball and then probably come home at night and, and watch college ball or NBA ball and go to a bunch of games. That's what makes me happy. Everything else is just gravy after that. And so that, you know, so for me personally, I'd love for this thing to continue. Uh, I'd love for it to grow into something really big. I'd love to to help tons of teams win, and I'd like to personally one day – either get into coaching. Um, I'd love to, I'd love to go be a division one coach somewhere. I, I know so many of these assistants now through the business that I, we've become very good friends. And you know, one of my best friends now is, uh, is Yanni Huffnagel, who's an assistant over at Cal, just, just the best. Rec- I think he is the best recruiter in the country outside of Calipari. Uh, and this guy at some point is going to get a head coaching job and I always joke to him. I say, Yanni, you know, let me sell this company one day for, or, or, or set it up so that we're, you know, money is never an issue. I, you don't even have to pay me. Let me come be an assistant on your bench and let's win a national championship together. Because oh, um, I could never, I could never cut a net down as a, as a player. So let me do it as a coach with you. So that's personally what I might want to do if we ever hit it big time. Would I love to buy an NBA team? Absolutely. So, so those, those are the dreams that, Maybe they happen, maybe they don't, but I, I always feel like your dreams have to be lofty enough that that uh, they, they won't come easy to you. And for the company, you know, the vision has always been to change the way sports is played. The kids are getting bigger, they're getting faster, they're getting stronger, but are they getting smarter? Can you get a 13, 14, 15-year-old to understand the value of data so that while he's doing all his workouts, he's also studying the game? Can you, can you make him a student of the game by making it more fun. Don't put him in a film room with 10 other guys and he's going to zone out 10 minutes later and he's not going to learn anything. But with the tools that we have and the ability to watch yourself on your iPhone and your iPad on the go, I think that kids will start to watch themselves learn from it. And then hopefully you're creating the next LeBron, the next Michael, who's not just, like I said, bigger, faster, stronger, but also smarter. And I think if we can do that, um, you know, mission accomplished, and that's always sort of been the goal. It's to it's to use the power of data to either help teams win or to make athletes better. 
Um, and to relive those memories, I mean, one of the, the big regrets that I have is that growing up in, through high school and through college, I don't have a single piece of video of myself. There is nothing anywhere that I can go back to and, you know, if I ever get married and ever have kids, even though I say I'll never do it, if I ever do 10, 15 years from now, it would have been awesome to be able to show my kids what I did in high school and college playing ball, and I don't have any of that film. And and so I'm making up for lost time now. We now record every single pickup game that we play in here in New York City, and I come home and it's on crossover. So 20, 30 years from now, at least my, my pickup game highlights will be available to look at. And so for every kid that's playing high school or college ball today, my hope is that we are we are recording and we are archiving every play of every amateur game in the country over the next several years so that 20 years from now you can always come back as a kid and, and relive the best times of your life, which were spent on a basketball court. Man, I love that. Uh, plus, you're much better when you're older. So you're a much better <laughs> player than you were then. You know what? Uh, you You amaze me. Every time we speak, I am amazed by you. Uh, the growth that happens both, uh, you know, mostly intellectually, you know, you know, when you get out of an Ivy League school, it's, you know, a lot of those guys, I'm not sure they know that they can get smarter. You, my friend, are uh, among the smartest people I know, and uh, I love your dreams, I love your vision, and I think that's what separates you. Uh, my friend Russell Wilson says, uh, you know, how come he's so good? You know, uh, you know, and I think it's, uh, you know, his preparation is what separates him from the rest. And I think, you know, you have done that and you do that every single day. Uh, Kevin Eastman and I are coaching you and Alex Servasio. We're so proud that, you know, you partnered with us and we with you. And uh, we're thrilled. We're thrilled that even though the clips came up a little short, uh, you, you're winning a championship this year, my friend. You have been extraordinary. <laughs> what a year you've had. And uh, we're thrilled and can't Thank wait you. to be with us next month and, uh, you know, in our coaching youth sessions. And uh, now we have so many listeners that, uh, you know, love the content that we have. But now they're sitting there, and I, I've got a lot of coaches that are driving and listening to They're riding bikes. I get an email yesterday. <laughs> a guy rides his bike and listens to our podcast. Uh, other coaches, you know, they're doing their workout. Others are driving their car. Okay, so now, where, where, how can they get a hold of the? You know, they want to get the great crossover product. How do they get? How do they get that? Well, it's it's, it's pretty simple. You can come to our website, hit contact us, just give us your information, and one of our guys will reach out to you. If you wanted to ever email me directly, if you're a coach. You know, Vasu, V as in Victor, A-S-U at crossover with the K.com. Email sales at crossover.com. Hit us on our Twitter account. Hit me on my Twitter account. I mean, there's, there's, if someone wants to get in touch with us, it should not be a problem for them. They can hit us on 10 different mediums and someone will get back to them ASAP. So, uh, you know, and we're, we're at it. 24 by 7. You hit me at 1 o'clock in the morning. Believe me, I'm watching a West Coast game, and I'll hit you right back, uh, especially if you're a coach. And so uh, that's not going to be a problem. You know, if you're a high school coach, we know budgets are, are tight. We've done everything we can to uh, to, to keep this a, a very affordable product. I mean, a, an average high school basketball team is spending $1,000 with us a season to have every single one of their games cut up, broken down, NBA style. I mean, it's nothing. I mean, I get it. I, I know $1,000 is a lot. But 
you know, it, it, yeah. it's it's a hundred bucks a kid, right? You can you can come up with that. So Thank if you're you. a high school, we've got something for you. If you're a, if you're a D3, a JUCO, an NAIA, a D2, we've got something for you. And if you're a Division One team that has a full time staff, yeah, I know you don't you don't necessarily need what we do for you. But guess what? I think we can help you a lot when it comes to recruiting. I mean, one of the big things this year has been, uh, I mean, we just signed Duke, Duke basketball as a customer, which is great. But, you know, Duke doesn't need us to break down all their films. What Duke needs from us is help recruiting. And so we've got all this information on – I mean, we broke down over 100,000 high school basketball games this year. And all that information on these players and the video and the data – that's going to help make better recruiting decisions. So that's another reason to use this if you're if you're a high D1 team. And finally, if you're an NBA team, like I said, we've got so much information on draft prospects, and we've, we've started to do some pretty cool stuff with uh, with the types of data we're tracking. So one of the one of my favorite things that we did this year was for one of the NBA teams that working with us. We they were they were specifically looking for a big man in this year's draft, and so they gave us a list of all the big men that were in the draft and that they were looking at. And we went through, and we went far beyond what you would normally track for a basketball game. We were tracking things like offensive rebound attempts. So it's showing the big man down low who's fighting for the ball. He doesn't win the rebound, so it's not reflected in the stat sheet anywhere. But just the fact that he hustled, he got his hand on the ball – that shows something, right? And that's the sort of intangibles that I think teams are now looking for when they're making these decisions. So that's the sort of stuff that we've started to do as well. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in, in the intangibles. And I always said that if someone can figure out a way to measure heart, then, uh, then they're going to be a billionaire. Yeah, hard work, skill, passion, they're all, they're all now their skills, I think. You know, they're not just intangibles. Right. They are actual skills. Vasu, you are a gift to the game. Uh, your gift to business and uh, your gift to be my friend. Uh, thank you so much for sharing this time to, with our listeners and myself. Uh, can't wait to see you next month. Absolutely. Enjoy the finals, my me, friend. Enjoy the yep. finals. I'm, yep. a jealous Go Cavs. Guy. I'm a jealous guy. Go Cavs. All right. <laughs> Thanks, my friend. See you back soon. All right, Coach.